freedom is only one generation away from extinction because our children we don't they don't inherit freedom we pass it on to them it's not in their bloodstream it's something they learn from us and if we don't teach our children ronald reagan said in our in our later years we'll be sitting on our porch telling our grandkids what it was like when america was free you are absolutely correct when you say that we are you know very close to where at any time we can lose our freedoms. And it is so important that you know who your, your lawmakers are and that they know who you are. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zan Tyler podcast, where our goal is to encourage you to thrive on your homeschool journey. Before we begin today's episode, I want to remind you to please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Uh, and now we are also available on YouTube so you can watch our amazing guest. If this podcast has encouraged you, please leave a review on iTunes. That really does help us. And as always, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook for more content. Today, I'm continuing with part two of my episode with Michelle Statton. She's the homeschooling mother of five. Michelle also has an extensive background in management and government and has been using that to teach a high school government class at her co-op. If you missed part one, be sure to go back and listen to it. You don't want to miss it. But now stay tuned as we discuss the important crucial topic of homeschool freedom and learn how to help your children become civically involved. When my family started our homeschooling journey, there were so many decisions to make, but one of our best decisions was choosing to use BJU Press Homeschool. I've never seen my kids so excited to get textbooks before. I'm amazed by how interesting and interactive the lessons are. My kids actually look forward to them. We use the online video lessons for all our courses, but I know some families choose to teach from the textbooks. What I love is that I can trust BJU Press to uphold our values. The Bible and biblical principles are woven throughout each subject. I'll admit, I was a bit nervous when I started homeschooling, but I've found a wonderful online community of other BJU Press homeschool families and consultants. The Homeschool Hub also makes my job easier. I can set up our schedules and rearrange them with just a few clicks. On the dashboard, I can see each of my kids' progress, and the assignments page shows me quickly what's ready for me to check or grade. I'm glad my son's biology assignments are automatically graded. BJU Press Homeschool has given us the tools and confidence to homeschool our children. For more information, do what I did and visit the BJU Press Homeschool website or talk with your local Homeworks consultant. So tell us a little bit about the app you and your husband and I think another couple have worked on together because I know you're all yeah. about community and homeschooling. Yes. Well, um, so Lauren and Andre Bordeaux, um, it was Lauren's genius idea. And she's a fellow homeschool mom, and we were friends, and um, we were in the same Bible study group. And one time we had them over for dinner, and they were like, we've got to tell you about this idea we had. And, you know, as I mentioned before, homeschool uh, families tend to do everything by word of mouth. You, mm -hmm. you have to know people, and where are all these things? And there's no directory for that kind of thing. And she had this idea, what if we come up with an app where it will serve as a directory 
and you can look up where your classes and your co-ops, what are, what's available in your local area, your sports and your conventions and all of these kind of things. And I thought, that is genius. That is so genius. And I thought, I've got to be a part of this. This is just the best idea I've ever heard. And so we all have kids. <laughs> we all have small kids. And uh, well, we have older ones, a little bit older, and but they've got little ones. Mm-hmm. And so we're all juggling this at the same time, but we are working together as a group, the four of us, uh, have joined forces to try to to build this app and to spread it across the nation. And so it has released nationwide uh, Homeschool HQ, and it's not a space between the homeschool and the HQ. Some people are like, I can't find it. Well, that's because you're probably putting a space between there. It's all one word. And it's on Google, Google Play. It's on Apple but it is uh, just been released nationwide, a little bit like YouTube, where YouTube doesn't go out and make the videos themselves. Uh, it's user populated. The same thing is with our app. It's user populated. And you can input all the stuff that you know. Other people are inputting what they know. And then uh, then you can easily find what is in your area. It has contact information for those things. It gives a little description of when they meet, what, what age groups it's for, and that kind of thing. And uh, it's just been fantastic. Uh, people love the idea. Um, you know, it's and, and eventually we want to build it out to where we really are your one-stop shopping for homeschooling. Uh, we're working on um, right now expanding to where we can work with co-ops so that co-ops can do all of their administrative stuff within the app. And we want we have teacher ID cards on there, and we want to be. Um, you know, where we can connect tutors with families who need tutors. And we want to eventually have um, another phase that'll be coming down the pike is where you can buy and sell used curriculum on there. Uh, We would also like to eventually do something with where you can have chat rooms if you wanted to create chat rooms like a field trip group or what have you. And you can talk to, you know, whoever you want in a group. So there's all kinds of different things that we're, we're working on building and um, while we're raising our families and <laughs> doing our full-time jobs, so but it's been such a fun, a fun time. And uh, we went to the HEAV uh, convention. We've been going to all these different conventions up and down the the East Coast, and and people just love it. I mean, they really love this idea, and they they're excited about it. So that is great. Well, listen. I know that we have already spent a lot of time talking, but I really want to talk to you about one more thing, and that is homeschool freedom and why it's important for families to be involved with state organizations or legislatively. I hear so many people, Michelle, say now that so many people are homeschooling, surely we don't have to worry about having our freedom stepped on. We, you know, homeschooling, they don't know a day when there wasn't homeschooling freedom. And they don't understand that sometimes we're only a lawsuit or a bad law away or a treaty from losing our parental rights and our freedom to homeschool, or at least having it made so much more difficult. So I just, just from your background, working with your dad, being involved legislatively, talk to me for a little bit about the value of having your family involved a little bit in the legislature. It can be a little bit. It can be going to Capitol Day one day a year. But you need to know your representatives and senators so they can put a face with the idea of homeschooling. Absolutely. Well, I can tell you that, you know, a lot of 
times people feel like, well, their voice doesn't matter all that much. But the reality of it is, so when my father was in the Senate, uh, he represented uh, a half a million people in the Senate. And so you would assume that when an issue came forward that, uh, gosh, we probably were getting thousands and thousands of, of emails or messages, you know, um, letters and phone calls and such. But the different issues that would come up, different bills that would come up, it's not much more than like eight people would contact you on a bill. And that's really about Isn't it. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. It is. Now, unless, unless it was a, an animal bill. I'm going to tell you, if it was an animal <laughs> bill, you got slammed with like 800 emails. But that's really what we need to be. We need to be the animal people. We need to be homeschooling should rival uh, a pet bill, you know, talking about neutering cats or what have you. Because you, I tell you, we would get messages from other countries uh, talking about, you know, the way you treat your foxes. And I think, but that's what we need to do. Right, right. So homeschoolers have the power because we have the um, freedom and the ability to affect the campaigns and legislation probably more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. um, because we can pull together a group of people just like that. Uh, and that is that is very intimidating to lawmakers uh, who are not with homeschoolers. So they, especially the ones who, you know, the unions often pit themselves against the homeschool community. They, mm -hmm. The unions want everybody in public school. They don't support, they don't tend to support uh, homeschool legislation. Right. So sometimes you'll come up with these things that will make it more difficult and bog you down. And different states have different regulations. But it is absolutely, you are absolutely correct when you say that we are, you know, very close to where at any time we can lose our freedoms. And, uh, and it is so important that you know who your, your lawmakers are and, and that, that they, they know, who, know you who you are. I yep. mean, it's, and, and it's so intimidating to think about meeting your representative or your senator, but it shouldn't be. Make an appointment in a district office or go, go to Richmond or go to your state capitol and, and ask to have a meeting. It doesn't have to be long. I tell you, capital days, if your state organization has a capital day, go then because they offer training and tell you how to meet your legislator and how to meet your senator. And then once they know a homeschooling family, it becomes personal. And, yes. and that's, that's what we need. We need for them to see homeschooling kids who are articulate and doing well and can talk with adults and have happy lives and, yeah. you know, strong mental and spiritual, you know, fortitude. And, and uh, it's really, it's really an amazing way to educate kids. And we need to be on the forefront of that. And I, I appreciate so much what you've done. Oh, well, thank you. Well, you know, you can make it a field trip. You can make it, this is your government field trip and, uh, and, and take your kids and explain, you know, the, you can get, you can, uh, usually uh, put a, get a tour scheduled, you know, yes, if you and, go to Richmond. And that's such a non-intimidating way to start is to go to your yes. state house and request a tour. And, you know, make it a day. Find other things to do. If you don't have the nerve yet to meet with your legislator, take the tour, walk around the grounds. And the more comfortable you become, the less intimidating it is. And, and have your children write a thank you letter 
to your senator yes. or legislator. You can always thank them for governing and, um, yes. and let them know you're praying for them because we are commanded in scripture to pray for those in authority. And so, you know, have your children write a letter, tell them what they're doing. By all means, those are the things you want to edit before they leave the house. You know, yes. no mistake. They can be spontaneous, but no mistakes in these things. You know? That's right. <laughs> Unless that's it's right. a four-year-old. Well. Yeah, that's that's right. But it really is not a big mystery when you're going down to to meet with your legislators. We would just have a big line of people, and they're just regular folks. Some of them just have some oddball thing that they're, but it's important to them. Mm-hmm. Maybe we wouldn't have known about it because these lawmakers get hit with at least in Richmond, we get hit with like 3,000 bills at a time. And it's a lot to, to weed through. Mm-hmm. And so the ones that really do get the the most attention are the ones that people are concerned about. And so if you have somebody who stopped by your office and they're like, hey, I'm really concerned about this particular bill, then you you do put eyes on it. And you, you give it a lot more attention. And so it kind of pulls it out of the, the stack of 3,000. It really should not be intimidating because um, these are just regular people. That's right. And um, that's right. You know, these these lawmakers they they have to live in the same community that they are they are making these laws for, and uh, and it's just it's important to stop by, be polite, tell them what you want. A lot of times you you won't even be able to meet with the senator or delegate directly. Sometimes you can, but a lot of times they spend their time on the the Senate floor or the House floor, Mm -hmm. and they're voting and they're going to all these committee meetings. So sometimes you're just meeting with their aide, but the aide is taking notes and and always updating. And and in fact, when I was doing the emails, I took a tally and I would turn my tally in every day to my father and I'd say, so we have 324 or, well, that's probably a bad example. It's usually more like we have four people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in in support of this and uh, five or six people in uh, opposition or what have you. Really, 300 would probably be a, another Fox bill. But anyway, I would just take this tally because there's a lot of issues. So for my father, he's a Christian. There are some moral issues that he is immobile on. Uh, he is he is called, uh, commanded by God to, to vote a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. But there is a lot of other things. There's a lot of other issues out there. Um, that, you know, how, how would you like me to represent you? And and we would look down the tally. And if it was, you know, I don't know, do you want this road to be paved? It's currently a gravel road. Do you want it to be paved? Yes or no? It's not a moral issue. It's your road. Do you want it paved? If people really want it paved, great. If they don't, then great. Uh, so there are those. And so really that's where the tallies would come down. It really is important to stay in contact. Make sure your kids know how to vote. And understand what's on the ballot. Take them to vote with you. You should never, unless you're sick, you should never miss voting in an election. And you should take at least one child to vote with you every time you go. And sometimes the ballots are complicated with initiatives or referendums or however your state does it. And sometimes it's just a straight up vote for a couple of candidates and off years, off off your elections. But you should never vote yeah. alone and you should always vote. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, on my with my government class, on election day, we meet on election day and that's our field trip. We're going to go uh, to vote and I'm going to talk to the different people that stand outside the polls, handing yes. out sample ballots mm-hmm. for the different parties. We're going to talk to both parties, ask them questions about their candidates. And we're going to go inside. We'll talk to poll workers. What do they do? How do they get involved? 
what is the process? I'm going to take the ballot. I'm going to explain why I'm voting the way I'm voting. I'm going to go through what is a constitutional amendment that's on the ballot. You know, if you aren't sure what that is, it's probably safer to vote no because then you know you are changing your your const your state constitution. So either know what you're voting for, or you know, be better to default to no. And also, what are bonds? What are the bond issues? It doesn't mean do you like schools, yes or no. What it means is. You know, do you want to go into debt in order to build this particular school? So, you know, I want them to understand all of this because most people really don't understand which uh, which candidates have R's, D's, and I's next to their name. What does that mean? Why do some candidates, like school board members, don't have any? Um, mm-hmm. And that's you know they're supposed to be nonpartisan, but then they're endorsed by particular ones, and then you can get that information on sample ballots. So I just want to lift the veil of intimidation and mystery off of that students because they're going to be voting in the next year or two. And I want them to feel confident. And, and, you know, homeschooling is really the world is your classroom and you can, you can help them. I mean, the text can leap off the page and into their lives when you take what they've read about civics, you take them to the state house. You take them to the U.S. Capitol. You take them to the Supreme Court. You take them places and let them meet officials, acquaint them with the issues, show them how it affects real life, and and that's how we make citizens. And sometimes reading will be the basis, and then the field trip brings it to life and cements it. So and don't forget your lawmakers, your lawmakers are there to serve you. That's, that's really what it comes down to. They serve you. And so call them up, you know, as long as they're not in session, call them up and say, Hey, I would like a tour of the Capitol. Can you set that up for me? And what other things should I see while I'm there? What's interesting? What would you suggest? And, and those, the age and the, or the delegate themselves or the senators themselves, depending on who's answering the phone, will get right to it. And we used to schedule, um, you know, different uh, field trips and stuff. And we would often, when we scheduled it, we would uh, make spe- take special care to make sure that the senator would introduce everybody from the Senate floor so they could be up in the galley and they'd be introduced to everybody. And then, this, you know, we would try to have it to where uh, the senator would, would come out of the, the Senate floor for just a couple minutes and, and talk to the, to the group of kids and or to the families or whatever that are there from their district. Uh, then we'd go over to the House of Delegates side and we would pull the, the delegate. We would, you know, schedule ahead of time where they would know what time we were coming and they they would excuse themselves as long as they weren't voting. They'd come off the, the House floor and they would, you know, talk to the different people. So it was a lot of fun. It, it really shouldn't be intimidating. It should be fun. And they are there to serve you. And, you know, people when when they're not in session now when they are in session they're they're quite busy but you can still talk to them you can still talk to their staff um but especially when they're not in session uh that's really what they do they don't go back to their home districts and eat bonbons they're there to help you with a pothole in your in your neighborhood that you keep hitting and they're there to help you with you know animal control or this this issue because they're they're looking to build this in my neighborhood i don't want it there uh, you know whatever it is they're there to help you and serve you uh if you're having problems with the dmv there that's that was one that we would help a lot of people with to navigate those things they're there to serve you and so that you should really have that mindset that 
I want to give you the opportunity to serve me and not, you know, oh gosh, there's somebody powerful or something. That's, that's right, because we, it is government by the people for the people. And we lose that grassroots mentality sometimes. So one other thing, um, Michelle, is like you've had so much experience working with your dad. My kids, my sons especially, grew up with me at the state house because we were fighting for homeschooling freedom for eight years. And you know, I was uh, threatened with jail by the state superintendent in 1984. And I just remember, I mean, I would come home and cry sometimes because my boys had been at the state house one more day and there were work pages that didn't get done. And yet I look at the way the Lord, you know, used those things to educate them in a way that I never could um, when they were in high school. And this is not hard. Every every state is different. So mainly the legislative aides were relegated to college students, but because they were so familiar with everything legislative, they both worked. Um, it was a paid position as high schoolers. And then I know my son John helped with the interns when he was in college. He had been pre president of his freshman class at Covenant College, and they called him from the state senate to come back and help you know, take your job back, help with interns. And, and John said, you know, mom, that's real life. What I was doing at college was great, but it was, I mean, he was, he just transferred, but as president of my class, that was great. But what I'm doing in the Senate is real life. And, you know, that is, that's not relegated to just a few. There, there are all kinds of opportunities for our kids to participate as volunteers or as paid position in high school and college. And sometimes they're there for the asking, get to know your senators and representatives and see what happens. And it's a great way, again, to credential yourself. Yes. So during the, during the summer, a lot of times we would host um, different homeschool. They usually were homeschoolers. Um, they would come in and they would work two weeks in the office and they would do whatever needed to be done. So sometimes it was stuffing envelopes, sometimes it was answering phones and databasing or what have you. Uh, and they would work for two weeks and then we would send them a, a nice letter and they can then put that on their, their resume. And you're absolutely right. It is, it is real world stuff. And the interesting thing about politics is there's really very few places you can go to learn it. You have to just do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's, you know, I've learned over the years so much. And so it, just an incredible amount. But it's all by doing. I never went to a class for it. Right. It was by doing it, seeing it, and learning the campaigns and how they operate. And a lot of fun things to do is to just jump in on a campaign. Find a candidate that you like that actually represents your viewpoint and your values. Absolutely. Whether you think that person will win or not, find a candidate that you really like and then just jump in and say, hey, how can we help? We want to volunteer. We want to help. And you will get to start to see all of these, uh, you know, all of the different things that go into a campaign. And it is a giant moving, it's all these moving parts and it's a giant ball of excitement and, and kind of struggle. And it's just fascinating to watch. Um, you know, you, whether it's go to a debate and just cheer for your person, like that's helpful. That yeah, is helpful. To just that's the right. There and, and, and be helpful. And, you know, depending on how you feel about this um, and the neighborhoods, some allow soliciting and don't. But, you know, we did the door to door thing with our kids. We did phone banks with our kids and, and yeah. taught them as they grew older how to answer the phone. We stood outside 
with signs, you know, in the rain. But it was it was a way for them to participate even when they were younger. I mean, we had people be rude to us. We, it's just, there's so many life lessons as you do this together. And if all else fails, have something in your home for the candidate. You know, I can yeah. remember yes. just hosting events for different candidates in our neighborhood. And, and well, we the appalling back thing. Back to school money? Yes. Mm-hmm. The, the appalling thing was how few people would come. And, and that's what we need to show our kids is they need to be involved and you can do, you can have a little bit of involvement that's very meaningful or a lot of involvement, but be involved. And there's just so many things that kids can do, whether it's putting things into the newspaper slots, you know, kind yeah, of drop yeah. literature dropping, or whether it's standing out there at back to school nights and handing out candidate literature. I mean, there, no one turns down, you know, a nine-year-old, a, an adorable, like, you know, my daughter would just be like, would you like one? And nobody can say no. Everyone, even even the, the hardest hearts go, oh, give it to me, you know, and they go on and so, um, Or they've, they've all worked the polls before where they're handing out, would you like a SEPA ballot? No? Okay, thank you. Would you like a set? Here you go. Have a good day. Thank you for voting, you know, that kind of thing. And it absolutely is. And it, and it gets them involved. Um, and, and, you know, we found that with politics, it brings out some of the craziest people, but also just some of the best people. Mm-hmm, and right. so some of our lifelong friends, we met in some campaign along the way, and they're just such good people. And they're just, they're trying so hard to, to fight for their country and what they believe in. And you've got to admire that and that their, their spirit. And so we've been, you know, been friends ever since. Um, in fact, I, I have a lady that I, uh, I became friends with, and we worked on a campaign in 1997, and I bump into her. She's now in my uh, Bible study group, and I was like, oh, we know each other from all these years. She's such a sweet lady. So, you know, and that is so great. And I just want to, as we close, I just want to remind people, we are... We are teaching our children to be involved, but it's not just for involvement's sake. It's really because we need them. I mean, freedom, if we ignore freedom, it will go away. And just like the Korean monument in in Washington, D.C., freedom isn't free. It comes with a price tag. And for us right now, it's not dying on the battlefield, but it's, it's sacrificing some of our time to be involved. Joe and I, one of our favorite places to go was the Ronald Reagan Museum. He's got so many great quotes. And, and this quote, I'm going to paraphrase, but, you know, he says that freedom is only one generation away from extinction. Because our children, we don't, they don't inherit freedom. We pass it on to them. It's not in their bloodstream. It's something they learn from us. And if we don't teach our children, Ronald Reagan said, in our, in our later years, we'll be sitting on our porch telling our grandkids what it was like when America was free. And so we have a responsibility to get them involved, but, but the reason for the involvement is so that they become lovers of freedom and they become protectors of freedom and initiators of freedom. And, um, and, and, and freedom was God's idea. I mean, liberty and justice for all is a biblical concept. And so we just want our children to be those people who grow up to do good things for their culture and their communities. Yes. And there's nothing that drives me more nuts than hearing people. And I've heard this so often over the years where they say, well, 
I don't really want to get involved in politics. It's just, oh, you know, it's so dirty or, you know, it's, it's so ugly or what have you. You know, when you concede that ground to the ugly, then you are removing good people and saying, well, the people who will then change our laws and shape our lives are people who are that are doing the ugly that you don't like. You have to get involved. It should be absolutely the opposite of that. If you think that it's ugly, get in there and change it. That's the only way it will change is when good people step up and get involved. That's the reason right. that it's ugly is because we have pulled out and said, oh, I just, I don't want to get my hands dirty with that stuff. That's just for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And there's only so many of us who can do the heavy lifting um, and, and, you know, it needs to be more people. We have to have more people. That's right. Well, Michelle, it has been so great to have you. We've covered so many um, fun, exciting, uh, uh, terrifying topics at times. But thank you for being here. Tell people how they can find you. I know you've talked about the app, but tell people how they can find you um, and find the app one more time. So it, really, it's just the app. Um, I don't, I don't have a, you know, public social media or anything like that, but um, just it's Homeschool HQ and you can get that on Google Play or on Apple and you can contact us, uh, you know, through that. Okay. And I just want to thank everyone for listening, viewing us today. Uh, our goal really is to help you thrive and help your children thrive on their homeschool journey. You can find me at zantyler.com. Uh, you can leave a comment about the podcast. We want to know what you like, what you disagree with. and uh, But most of all, we just want to journey together um, in this exciting adventure called homeschooling. Thanks so much. God bless. And we'll see you next time.